Amen, amen. Happy New Year to everyone. And uh, I want to say thank you so much for coming out this morning. As we've heard already, the first Sunday of 2019. And we're so thankful that you are here to start off the new year uh, on the right path as we continue to learn about God and worship with each other. And one of the areas, as you see up on the screen, is that we have begun a new theme and a new series that is titled, We Can Do More Together, Having One Voice. Now, one of the things that I want to share with you is that even though we began a series of being for our neighbor in 2018, and then we've begun a new series here in 2019, please know that we are not getting rid of the for our neighbors. In fact, our goal is to be able to build upon what we have already started. We were intentional about going out in our community and doing things in the community, letting them know that we are for them the same way as we are for our church, for our local businesses, for our schools. We have done things locally as well as globally, and we should all rejoice. And why not come together and say we need to do this all together? Now, in Christmas time of, of this past year, we had eight worship services on that weekend, which was December 22nd until the 24th. There was one regular service on Saturday night, one on Sunday morning, and then we had two Christmas Eve Eve services on Sunday evening, and then four on, on Monday evening. And in the midst of all the Christmas Eve services, there were over 2,500 people that came through these doors to hear the message of Christ. Can I get an amen to that? Praise God. Praise God. And part of that is uh, you, your generosity, your giving, coming all together because of what you're giving unto the Lord, your tithes and your offerings, having these doors open, these chairs and the music and the lighting and everything else, but making sure that we have the one voice and that one voice is saying how God has given his only begotten son for us and that how he was able to bless us and love us and we want to share with other people. We can't do this all on our own. In fact, the Christmas Eve offerings, we had identified two um, ministries, one locally and one globally. The local one was Operation Backpack, and the one globally was Seeds of Promise in Malawi, Africa. And we had set up a goal uh, to reach within those Christmas Eve services, giving 100% of what was given to these ministries, and anything above that, we'll be able to also help out local ministries here in our area. And even though the goal of 50000 was set, here was the result. We're being for our neighbors and knowing that we can do more together. Certainly enough, this, there was not one individual that gave that amount. It was a collaborative effort. It was more of saying, this is what I'm able to give. And another person said, this is what I'm able to give. And all combined, we were able to raise on that amount for these ministries. And we're so thankful, knowing that how God has blessed us, we're able to bless others. One of the other things that we had done in uh, 2018, the end of it, was we were looking at the North Campus, the vacant YMCA building. We began a due diligence process that would allow for inspections to take place, to look at the expense, you know, the expect, uh, and excuse me, expenses, as well as what we can do for our ministries. If you recall, we were looking at for a second worship venue. We were looking at the uh, designated space for student ministries. And we were also looking at community-centered events that we can do things. And then so part of our due diligence process, they gave us 75 days, which we had signed the agreement. And knowing as we were getting closer to Christmas, then, of course, the season of giving and Christmas, our minds are making sure that we deal with Christmas and everything else. 
So we had asked for an extension on that due diligence process. Well, they came back with uh, three options, and then a leadership council we, uh, that decided that only one made sense. And out of the ones that made sense was to uh, let the uh, due diligence expire. So what happens is on December 28th, while the people were traveling and things on there, our due diligence, our contract expired. So that means that right now, the, it's fair game for anyone that wants to go in and purchase this building and this land and the lot. And, but here's, here's the thing. Just because that the due, due diligence expired does not mean that we're out of it. We are still part of that fair game. And now that Christmas is behind us, now that all the rushness and all the uh, seasons of giving are behind us, we really want to focus on, our, as a church, if we can really do this together. I know that our minds were doing different things. We had asked you to uh, provide funds for the 2019 operating budget of our church. And then we also asked you if you can pledge for the, for the North Campus. And I know that was tough. So I'm praying that here in the, in the months of uh, January as well as February, knowing that if it's still available to see if, we, if it is a viable option for us to do that. But we can't do it on our own. I can't do it by myself. My staff can't do it on myself. The leaders and our volunteers and the ministries and programs, we need to do this together. So I do pray that if it does happen, you know, it, I, I know it's going to be a lot for our church to do as we continue and to reach out to our community. But again, we can't do this alone. It, our goal is to be able to be for more neighbors. And part of that is uh, as we begin this series, uh, our big idea for today is that working together is not optional. Working together is not optional. And we need to be able to know how we can come and say, oh, I can be a part of this or I can be a part of that. Uh, Ms. Ashley said today about how she just wanted to be connected and be a part of something. So she went to the women's retreat and, and then she came back and said to her husband, I, I'm going to be going every other year. She wanted to be connected in the same way that other people here want to be connected with life groups and, and ministries and missions. I mean, this, this weekend right now, our Apex, which is a student ministries, is over in the Rock Bible Camp, Rock Mountain Bible Camp. Can I, can I show the pictures by any chance? For, uh, I, I know that it probably wasn't uh, um, in the lineup, but uh, there you go. Look at that group. Praise God. Amen. Amen. That was about 90 uh, uh, students, and then we got the 17 volunteers putting in their time and effort and being out there and being the leaders for that whole weekend for them. But God bless this church, and I know that we're doing, you know, uh, many things, and this is part of something that we can celebrate doing it together. So, again, working together is not optional. I'm going to invite you to please open up your Bibles to the book of John, the Gospel book of John, chapter 13. I'm going to be sharing a story of what Jesus was telling his disciples in the time as he was preparing for his departure. On verse 33, the Bible says, and I'm reading from the NIV version, just in case that you have your own translation. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So simple enough, ladies and gentlemen, we are to love one another. What is a defining characteristic in a Christian? I'm talking about that if you take everything, you have nothing 
If it's just left to your bare essentials, how does one identify or how does somebody else identify you as being a child, a son or daughter of our almighty God? Well, hopefully one of your answers is by the way that you love, the way that you share your love. It's very important for us to understand that even in the midst, whether we're rich, whether we're poor, whether we have much, whether we have less, that we can still love God because of what he has done for us. Knowing and understanding that we came into this world with nothing, we can leave out of this world, but we can have something to hold on to knowing that we can have eternal life through Jesus Christ. And so Jesus knows that his hour has come in this story. He wants to prepare his disciples for his departure. Jesus knew that once that he was crucified, that all these men will also be suffering. That they will be in need, that they will scatter in a way because they don't know what is going to happen. Think about it. If you hear about the stories and read upon how they came to know Jesus, some of them, they left everything. They left all they knew in order to follow Jesus. And so he was a teacher. He was a rabbi. He was the one that, he, that saw the miraculous signs going and how Jesus gave them the power and authority and the Holy Spirit to do the same thing unto others, sending them out two by two. And so now all of a sudden here Jesus is preparing them for his departure. They won't be able to follow him, so therefore he gives them a new commandment. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, love each other. So what is love? We have a good inclination here in the first Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. The Bible says this about love, the things that what is and what isn't. Love is patient. And kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Please know that the Bible is saying that through every circumstance, whether you're uh, celebrating in your highs and your joys to be able to have that love, and whether you're suffering or concerns and trials or tribulations to be able to continue to show the love in the midst of what you're going through. The same way in verse 33 of the scripture that I began reading, it was talking about dear children that Jesus is telling them. The letter of 1 John chapter 3 verse 18 also says these type of similar words. It says, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So in a way, don't just say that you love me, show me. Show me that you love me. You know, there are times that people have to, you know, they, they, they can understand that, that sometimes the individual does not, someone else doesn't tell them that they love them, but they show it by their actions. For me, I'd rather have someone show me that they love me instead of just saying it just for the sake of saying that they love me. When I have my children, you know, and they, they make their own, you know, I, I love them to death, you know, and, and they, I don't know about you, but do your children do everything you ask them to do? 
And just because I'm a pastor and they're pastor's, pastor's kids, let me tell you, I sometimes wonder, what were you thinking? And I'm sure I'm not the same way. Uh, uh, you, you, you deal with that. But here's the thing is that even though they mess up, that will never take away that they are your child, that they are your daughters, that you're your sons. The same way God deals with us in a way that, yes, you messed up, but just let you know that I love you. That you are my son and that you are my daughter. Yes, you messed up, but let, let, let's, let's mend what, what, what was happening, you know, and, and broken relationships. Let's get together. Let's uh, uh, say, uh, if, ask for forgiveness. I'm going to forgive you, but, but to learn from what was happening then. To love one another. Let's go back into the scripture, uh, today's scripture. In verse 35, the Bible says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So again, our love for one another is how we impact the world. That's how we impact the world, by love. If your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples, then what will dissension or anger or bitterness within the church prove to the world? I mean, there are people out in the world that don't come to church because it says there's already strife in that church. There's hypocrisy there. There's this and there's that. There's conflict that takes place. Why am I going to get into something when I'm already dealing with it myself? What can the church show them? Last week I shared with you that we come to church not because we're perfect, but because we really, in reality, we are broken people in need of a healer, in need of a repairer, in need of a, of a savior in our lives. Not that we're better than anyone else. But that we come knowing that we're broken, knowing that we sin, and therefore we need God's grace. We need his love. We need his forgiveness. But it's not only for us. The, that word, the gospel of peace, the gospel of love, the gospel of Jesus Christ is for all who want to be able to listen and apply what they listen into their lives. We can do more together if we learn how to love the way that Jesus loved us. And truth be told, you understand that there are times that people would say it's a lot easier to love our enemies because we only have to deal with them not on a daily basis. But it's so tougher when we have to deal with someone that we see day in and day out, whether it be our associates, whether it be our supervisors, whether it be you know, the, the, the clients that we serve, whether it be our spouses, whether it be our children. Sometimes it takes all that we can in order to love them. It's a hard ask. It's a, hard, it's a hard task in order for us to do what we have to do. Even as Christians, those who are uh, sons and daughters of the Almighty God still understand that loving someone else is hard work. But think about it. Are, are we also hard to love? And God is able to say, look, I love you. Jesus said, you know, love them same way I have loved you. We got to do this together. We have to have that one voice and that one voice is letting people know that there is hope in this world in the midst of darkness that there is light. Jesus is that light. Jesus is that hope. But if we don't have it inside of us, if we don't have it the way that we react to things in, in, out in the world and, and show them, wow, there's something inside of you. 
I want some of that. I, I, I want what you have. I want that self-control because I would have lost it. I want that love because that person is so hard to love. But have we been in that position before? It's so easy for us to forget where we were in our lives when Jesus got a hold of us. Don't forget. We all have different levels of faith. You may have come in here for the very first time today with no relationship with Jesus Christ, and you're sitting next to somebody who has been in church all their lives. But that's the beauty of it coming together because we're worshiping together. We're worshiping, we're hearing the word of God, we're hearing what God can do in our lives and what we, he can do through us and through the precious Holy Spirit. It's not easy. But it's also not impossible. God gave us that new commandment. Jesus gave us that new commandment. And if he gave us that new commandment, trust me, ladies and gentlemen, he's going to provide the tools in order for us to accomplish that commandment. And make it so. You see, the very story of John 13 points to the cost and the challenge of living a life that keeps one commandment, to love one another the same way that Jesus loved us. Amen. So throughout this series, this is just the beginning, but throughout this series and throughout this year, we'll be intentional about working together to make an impact in our church, in our community, in our world, and let people know that as we're together, it's not only with us, within brothers and sisters and our guests in, in, a, in a church, but also how we can do this together with the relationship that we have with God, that we have with Jesus, that we have with the Holy Spirit and one another. Don't miss out next week. Next week, we're going to be talking about working, how working together keeps us right with God and each other. Let's start off this uh, new year right. And remembering, just like if you were here for Christmas Eve, the, 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 the three gifts, and one of them was let's unwrap. I pray that this year the challenge is to you is that you start unwrapping the gift that God has given us through his son, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, one day at a time and getting better at it. But we can do this together. Don't feel like you're all alone. Let's pray. We thank you, God, that you have allowed